We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible. Welcome to a live edition of Booth Review, uh, presented by Emprise Bank. When was the last time you went into a bank? Now more than ever, who you're doing business with is more important than where they're located. Emprise is a trusted company with mobile tools that take your banking beyond the borders of whatever city you live in. That's Emprise Bank member FDIC, our partners in possible here at KC Sports Network. And uh, it's exciting times here, doing a little live show uh, midweek with my pal. Find him on Twitter at Chasen Scott. Scott Chasen, hello. Hi. Hey, Kent. How are you doing? You know you know, it's a live show because one of us said something the second before it started recording that will live on YouTube forever. And in this case, it was Kent asking me if I did my job today and prepared something <laughs> for us to talk about. And I said, I sure did. And so if you're wondering what was he responding to, it was that. Kent, I have a question for you. It's a pretty big question if you're ready for it. Uh, I'm, I, I, not, I don't know if I'm emotionally prepared, but throw it at me. Let's go. How big is this Kansas game coming up on Saturday? Like Kansas Duke, I'm ready to entertain. I've been thinking about this all nonstop today. Um, No, but I've been thinking about this all week. I think this is the biggest game Kansas has played more than a decade. I I think you could argue for individual coaches. They coached in bigger games. I mean, David Beatty, the first game of his last season, that ended his coaching career. He would definitely say, hey, that was a bigger game. But no. This program has not played a bigger game since Mark Mangino was coach. Yeah. Uh, and I pretty strongly believe that. Are, are you there too? I think I am. And like, I mean, we, I think uh, there was conversation about Houston being the biggest game in a while and they cleared that bar. And I think, um, I think this Duke game is a measuring stick 
pregame, I, a measuring stick for the emotions of KU fans in some ways, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Where, you know, KU on paper is projected to win this game. They're projected to win by two scores. Uh, I don't I think that's, I think they're at two scores right now. I don't know where the yeah. line is at. It was at, at one point at, at nine. I think it's been down to seven ish or mm-hmm. something it's like seven that. and seven and nine and a half. Yeah. It's kind of bounced back and forth. Winning handily. Um, and so I think there's like a little bit of emotion and a little, still a little bit of fear about like jumping all in, diving all in believing again right we talked a little bit about this after the houston game believing again in what this you know football team has been in the past and so i think the build-up to this game is a little bit of people fighting the emotions of the past and looking at what they're seeing with their own eyes and so with all that emotion with all those feelings i think emotionally there's this is a massive game for the mental health of of kansas football fans and this, I think, in general, yeah, I, I think this is a huge, huge game. Four and zero is big. A very good chance of being ranked after going four and zero, big. Oh yeah, high profile football game. If Iowa State pulls it off against Baylor next week, I mean, so many little things here, at potentially at stake for the rest for the remaining trajectory of this, you know, season and moving forward. You know, like, yeah, the the magnitude of this game is. Uh, and it's they're heavily favored like yeah <laughs> like but that's what it feels like it's like everyone's waiting for the shoe to drop this would be a perfect place for the shoe to drop and if it doesn't i, I don't know what to do with myself yeah kent this is I, i'm gonna allow myself 30 seconds here to spiral and go too far into the future and then i'm gonna bring it back in so i'm gonna watch Uh-oh. the clock when i start to make this point i'm taking 30 seconds and that's it okay this game sets oh. the tone for lance Leipold. And this game determines expectations for this season. And if Kansas doesn't get to a bowl game this season after starting 3-0 and and they lose this game, whatever, it puts expectations on next season. It could change the trajectory of Lance Leipold, whether or not he gets a coaching offer at another school just up the road a little bit. When you look at what Kansas has to do over the rest of the season, I think my 30 seconds are up. This is a huge game. Just keep it in this year alone. Look, if Kansas is getting to six, which I think we both think is very much within reach, especially for anyone who listened to our the podcast that we did after, you know, after the game on Saturday, I think we both feel like that path very much exists. But this is kind of a game to me. You called it a measuring stick game. Um, this to me is is the first real game where Kansas needs to take care of business and like getting into fourteen nothing holes, finding their way out of it. It's not something that's going to fly in Big 12 play. It might fly in this game because I think Kansas is better than Duke. But this is a huge moment for the program. First, to take it seriously, um, to not read into their own hype, to not read in to you know, being a 10-point favorite in this game, which you would think wouldn't be a problem, especially under Lance Leipold. But I'm here to tell you past Kansas teams have absolutely done that, which might shock you given that they weren't winning games. Um, I, it's a huge game just for the team's mentality to see how they come up, how they prepare. And also like, I want to see Kansas be dominant start to finish this. This game has a seven, eight, nine point line. The Kansas that we saw against Houston, that Kansas beats this Duke team by 25, like, and and does it easily. And it's not a game. And I'm very curious if Kansas can do that. I'm not necessarily expecting that. I actually kind of expect this to be a little bit closer, but this is a chance for Kansas to firmly plant its flag and say, 
yeah, this is a legitimate team. It's not finishing at the bottom of the Big 12. This team is winning more games this year. This team is going to probably end up bowl eligible. And oh, by the way, everyone's coming back on next year's team, including the quarterback. And if the coach does come back, this team's going to be a whole lot better next year too. I don't even want to get started on what 2023 could bring. Uh, do not get me started, Scott. I've already been dreaming a little bit because uh, be, because of the oars on this roster, 50 of 56 people on the two deep can come back. Mm-hmm. And you've got scholarships to offer in the transfer portal. And you've got an entire freshman class that has, you know, developed. I don't. <laughs> don't let me dream scott um isn't this exciting though isn't, yeah. isn't it exciting to be in this position yeah but i think there's a little bit of fear of lance leipold <laughs> <laughs> like you know there's a little bit of fear of lance I, I know he came out on on uh, ryan lee's podcast and mm-hmm. kind of talked a little bit and, and and gave a little bit better you know a little bit more warm fuzzy feelings probably towed the line as best as he could as parent you know him, him and his wife one of you know th- this could be their last stop kind of hinting but i think the second nebraska calls that might change um anybody outside of the trans doesn't know how to deal with expectations i don't think or had not, not that they don't know how to but they haven't had to yet right because this team has not had a chance to really be the favorite in a significant power five football game right and I think that's something that um, is going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this group navigates. To your point, and and <laughs> I know like some of the, you know the the techs, you know, or the the earlier programs maybe weren't able to handle those expectations either. But this is this is this is real. This is tangible. Um, the buzz is as palpable as it's been since 2007 around this program. They're getting a lot of national attention because this is the feel good story of college football in 2022 so far. You're even seeing you know, like Missouri fans and, and K-State fans admitting it. And so um, there's so much about this game, I think, means a lot. And again, hey, this is the first Power 5 program. This is the first big football game in Memorial Stadium this year, too. Like, you get yeah. to see the response from this fan base. How how are they how are they showing their appreciation for 3-0, and right? Like, there's just so many little things about this game, man. I can't get over it. Mm-hmm. Can we be negative for a second? Just for a second. Sure. Kansas loses this game. What does that do to season expectations, season hype? Where does that leave fans if Kansas doesn't beat Duke? I think it brings things back down to earth a little bit for sure. Like mm-hmm. definitely down to earth, but also, I mean, I I think it's 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 just I think it's just grounding some of the expectations a little bit that have just kind of crept up on people. Like I think you ask every Kansas fan, you're three and one after the first four games. If you ask them that and right if you ask them that kickoff of Tennessee Tech, you're three and one through your first four. Would you take it? Every single one of them would sign up for it. So I think you can provide perspective. It's just, you know, there's just a little bit of doubt creeping in that I think comes honestly with this with this fan base and what they've been through the last 15 years. Yeah. I think it's really interesting in the realm of like how much stock you put into making to a, making it to a bowl game this year, because like, I, I don't want to downplay how much that would mean to this program, especially locally. And like, I, I, I think K-State's going to get it together. So I'm, I'm not one of those people who might be thinking right now, like, Oh, K-State has a bad year. Kansas has a good year. And like, are the tides turning to, 
I think Kansas State's still going to be good for a long time. I think they're well coached, just like I think Kansas under Lance Leipold will be good for a, a long period of time and will continue to be really well coached. Um, I, I think it would be really massive, though, and not just for I think I think it'll be massive for local recruiting. I think it'll be massive for transfer recruiting. And yes. like Kansas has transfers right now, some of whom are playing a lot, some of whom aren't. I kind of want to run down. I, I listed a bunch of players, and I'll, I'll ask you a few of these um, a little bit later on, just like a little stock watch. Like, ha- how do you feel about where they've been basically three games into their Kansas careers? Um, but I think transfers will look at Kansas and, and look at Kansas as a much more respectable program. I mean, they're all you're, they're already getting guys to come here. But I think they'll look at, at what Lance Leipold did, especially if they continue to have success next year and some of these transfers who maybe aren't playing as much play a little bit more. Like they'll look at that and, and just see Kansas as this well-coached program that can elevate them immediately and maybe put them in positions where maybe their team wasn't winning enough games or maybe they didn't feel like they got the chance to play in primetime matchups or on big stages or whatever. Um, I think there's also an interesting conversation about what happens when Oklahoma and Texas leave the Big 12. That is very down the line. But I, I'm very interested to just see perception of this program and how Jalen Daniels could be here with Texas and Oklahoma out of the Big 12. I'm just saying. <laughs> I am just saying. Uh, I, by the way, thanks everyone watching, listening right mm-hmm. now. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button, please. It helps us grow this channel. Um, it it just kind of helps you know get more eyes on it as we're kind of trying to to build KCSNU. Uh, current KCSNU standings, Kansas football is in first place. Uh, Kansas, the KCSNU top three. Yeah, the top three. Uh, <laughs> the KU. Top three. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, the NFL action is in full swing uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's not enough. Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game, all or once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any, uh, sorry, uh, get $200 in free bets. If your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See note for details. Uh, you, uh, if someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral service can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's get let's on Let's talk here. some football, Ken. Yeah, let's talk we some need football. to talk a little bit more football. Uh, all right, I got a list of players I want to ask you about. Let's go. It, it's not super long, but I, I just want to ask where you're at with them. Okay, where Kansas has started 3-0, most of these guys are new to the program. I just want to ask where you're at. And let's start with Lonnie Phelps. Three sacks in the opener, kind of had a down game in game two, a little bit more impactful statistically this most recent game. Where are you at with Lonnie Phelps? Oh, I feel great. And I'm going to cite one play. Um, Lonnie Phelps is a maniac. He's a monster. He's a high-energy player. He's disruptive. And I know the statistics don't always line up with that, but I think he is – I'm – 
extremely pleased. He, I know you mentioned, I think you talked to Lonnie Phelps after game one and you said, I just want him to affect the game plan or he just wants to affect the game plan. That's what yeah. he said. That's what he's doing. And I look at this one play and I see the effort, the energy, the intensity, and maybe he's getting double team and extra attention. But there's this one play. It was a screen play. He dropped a little bit into coverage playing like as like a hook defender. And the screen was away from him. And he yep. sprinted across the field and made the play. Like he was flying across the field with outstanding energy. He wasn't going to get a sack. He wasn't going to get one of those big disruptive plays. He was just doing his part. And I'm just like, I think that's a guy you want setting the tone for your football team. It's a guy who cares about football. He has the kind of motor that you covet. I, I, he's not the biggest guy. He's not going to be a you know consistent disruptor based on matchups all the time. But he's a problem. And teams have to pay attention to him. And the way he plays masks you know some of the you know deficiencies that he might have in, in some areas of the game. I'm oh I'm extremely pleased with Lonnie Phelps. See, I think he's one of their better football players on the defensive side of the ball. I agree. I, I actually think this last game against Houston, especially rewatching it, he was one of the most impactful players in the game. Absolutely. Um, and and I will take that one play where you're right. He was on the right side of the line, came all the way across to the left. There was another play, another screen where he lined up at defensive tackle, which by the way, they're using him so creatively. He lines up at D tackle, D end. He lines out, you know, kind of like an outside backer with a guy, you know, sometimes Craig Young, uh, sort of in that defensive end spot, using him all sorts of different ways but he's lined up at D tackle and then he makes a play 10 yards down the field behind him when the ball, I think, I think it was another screen pass where he's the guy running back. And by the way, he definitely had a sack in this game. It was a loss of one. He made the shoestring tackle, got credited to someone else. Don't know how that happened, but <laughs> Hopefully uh, he should have that. four sacks in this. Season. Give him, give the man his sacks. Yeah. Big Mac for sacks. If they're doing that here with, uh, you know, I don't, you know, that's so. the rear run where they're both not a sponsor of our show or Kansas. So I just <laughs> shouted out McDonald's for no reason. Okay. That's one next. I want to ask you about Lorenzo McCaskill. Yeah. I, I, I like, if you're saying stock, stock watch, I think stock up a little bit on Lorenzo McCaskill. I think he's, he's definitely kind of starting to feel a little bit more. I think his ID, his ID game is a little bit better. He's triggering a little bit quicker. Um, he's seeing the field a little bit more cleanly, looks a little bit more comfortable moving. Um, you know, coverage a little up and down, I think. But um, for what he is, physical player, good, good ID, good between, you know, good between the tackles, especially. I think there's a lot to like about him. Stock up um, for me. Mm -hmm. You know, he played the same number of snaps against Houston. If if pro football focus is correct. Same number of snaps as Taiwan Berryhill. Wow. Yeah, that's a little bit surprising. It very surprising to me. Either way, his snaps were noticeably up. Yeah, um, from where they were against West Virginia. I was a little nervous about Lorenzo McCaskill, especially after that West Virginia game. It felt to me like he was doing a lot of thinking. He wasn't necessarily getting to be downhill and getting to to be in places where he felt comfortable. Um, it, to me, Houston was much better. That him and Eric Gilliard, I'll kind of combine them both. Eric Gilliard wasn't on the field a bunch. He only played like eight snaps. But I, I can now kind of see, and I, I think we knew there was going to be a role or a package where they felt comfortable using him, especially being such a, a bigger and stronger guy. But I think you're starting to see it with both of them where maybe they're carving out their roles. Eric Gilliard is more situational than McCaskill, but I think Lorenzo McCaskill is actually finding a place on this team. And I think that's really exciting because you're really starting to see them use that that defensive depth. And like just going over snap counts, I mean, they it, it's they have like 25 defensive guys logging snaps, and it's not like they're logging a snap. 
it's like 23 of them are logging 10 or more snaps, which is absolutely insane. They're basically running out two defenses. Um, and it's, it's not like there's a clear second two. They'll come out of a corner and have the quote unquote number twos playing. Um, not like, you know, oh, well, we're out of a quarter. Everyone's rested. Get the ones back in there. No, they, they're playing a true rotation and it's impressive. Yeah, the depth is, uh, I think the reason that this, I, I, I cannot, uh, I don't want to understate how valuable the defensive depth has been across the board. Like we're talking about some of these guys, but like, I, I can't, there's not a huge drop off at, at some of these spots and they have capable bodies that are allowing them to play deeper into the game. Um, I, and I think, you know, I think their, their defense got stretched a little bit in the passing game last week. You know, I, I think there was all, you know, like Houston was, you know, trying, they were trying to push the ball down the field. They were getting challenged. They were trying to, you know, and, and, and this, this group, you know, throughout the two deep in coverage was great. Like, yeah. I mean, I, they, they're like the, I don't know how much quick pressure, you know, the, the, the Jayhawks were really able to get the back seven there's some coverage sacks for sure and like i mean they both played complimentary of each other but like i was very impressed with the growth in coverage from from ku and i think the depth you're talking about across the board is a huge piece of that yeah there weren't only coverage sacks there were coverage other team goes for a run because nobody's open and the quarterback just at some point has to tuck it and run and while it's frustrating when that happens, especially when Clayton Toon was able to do that a few times in a row, mm -hmm. it kind of did speak to like, hey, this guy is trying to find someone and no one is getting open because KU's dropping seven back. All right, a couple offensive guys. Uh, Douglas Emelian, no catches on the year. Now they're using him as a blocker um, more than I would have expected. He had one play in this game where it was on a Kansas touchdown. He pancaked a guy and then got to the next level and affected another guy too. So I, th I think he's he's getting on the field more, um, although I say that he only had five snaps versus Houston, so maybe I just remember all of those snaps. But um, I'm surprised. If, if I can jump in, I'm very surprised he hasn't played more. What I saw of him in practice, it looked like it, it looked like he knew what he was doing at the receiver position. We heard good things in camp. Um, they even let him speak uh, when they, you know, selected some of the wide receivers to come out and speak, which is usually a sign of players who are, you know, ahead in their position group. I've been pretty surprised that he's not getting a little bit more run, although that maybe that just speaks to how well the other receivers are playing. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you guys are watching. Leave a comment. Tell us, uh, you know, some of the players that are stock up for you. Uh, yeah, look at, you know, especially some of the transfers, looking at a lot of those. Um, yeah, like with Doug, like uh, with Douglas Amelian, like, I don't know, man. I, I think he might speak to like, and I like a look at Lorenzo cast Lorenzo McCaskill. I think both him and Emilian really didn't have spring ball right mm -hmm. here in, at Kansas. And so like, I think there's a little bit of that there to it potentially like, you know, these guys aren't, you know, like there's a little bit of catching up to do potentially. And, and maybe they aren't on the same page, you know, as consistently as some of these other guys might be. That also speaks to the depth and competition of this football team too. Like I, I like to your point. Like I think that's absolutely what you're seeing, and I think on the field is telling you all that too, because you saw all this depth come in, and you saw all these guys, and we looked across the, we looked across the, you know, the list of transfers, and you said starter, 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 starter. Like across the board, there was no mm -hmm. doubt in your mind. But the the competition that it brought, and I think the guys knowing that there's competition coming that were already here have taken this all to heart and you know it speaks to where this program is i this this is a group that is no joke their bodies look different we haven't talked about this in a while because like it's just become an afterthought but this whole group's bodies look different 
they have a viable front, you know, front eight on the defensive line. They have depth and competition to where, I mean, Marvin Grant doesn't start for this football team. And like one of the highest, you know, highly regarded recruits that they brought in from the transfer portal and he doesn't even start. So it's just, it's impressive to see where this, this group got in such a short amount of time. And I think it kind of tells you that this wasn't a fluke. Yeah. The receivers are one where I think that depth especially shows. And you you kind of predicted this, right, going into the season, just that they wouldn't necessarily need a go-to guy. I, I still think, and and I'm not saying you don't think this, but I, I still think at some point that may come back to bite them. There have been a couple situations where I think Jalen has kind of locked in on Luke Grimm or locked in on someone who hasn't maybe been able to create that separation like you would hope or win a contested ball. Mm-hmm. Um I think, I think kind of under the radar about Jalen Daniels, who's been magnificent and fabulous, don't get me wrong, is he was pretty close to throwing a couple of picks uh, in this last game. And, and I'm kind of expecting a game where Kansas is going to have to deal with that. But I would say on the flip side, I think Kansas is good enough offensively to overcome a couple of mistakes like that, especially if he's making those mistakes going for a deep ball or you know trying to force something down the field. And then it's really on the defense to step up. Um, one name from the receiver group I'm kind of excited about, even though we only played a little bit, is Tanaka Scott. I know he's not new. I know he's a returner. This is a guy who not only they had like a short route to him. I think it was a screen. Yeah, um, and just his strides were great. He got down the field. It, it almost reminded me of the 13 seconds kind of Chiefs play when the first play of that goes to Tyree Kill. Yeah. And it's like there's not much space. And then you're like, whoa, wait a second. Why is he all the way down there? Um, he's a strider. He's He's tall. He's long. He can go, you know. The, the kind of book on him so far has been like, yeah, send him deep, have him run a go, and like he'll get open, but can he do all the other stuff? I like that. They also threw him a fade ball in the end zone. And hey, this is, I think, this is two straight weeks they've basically done this. They line up in a diamond formation with four <laughs> receivers to one side. They over, they, oh, they flood one side and then they mm-hmm. line Tanaka Scott, a six foot three behemoth of a receiver, yeah. isolated on the backside. They threw a hitch to him against West Virginia. And to your point, through a fade tool. And, and it, I mean, it, it got there. It was in his hand. It, it wasn't quite in his hands. The defensive back made a good play and, and yeah. contested it. And that's also part of why I don't necessarily love the fade is because it, it allows for that, Neither. you know, kind of being <laughs> contested, but <laughs> Hey, it's something I, it, they're using him more and more. Um, he's played double digit snaps, both games he's been active for, which coming off a of suspension tells you that they, they want to get him on the field. I kind of like what I see. And I, I think there's an element like, at some point, defenses are going to start selling out to stop the run against Kansas. And Jalen Daniels can throw it. Like, don't get me wrong. I Obviously, he can throw it. He's, a, he's shown himself to be a great quarterback. But when that happens, I think there's going to be room for even more creativity in the passing game. And that's when I think a guy like Tanaka Scott has the chance to just absolutely break out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamins. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com prenatal. Tanaka Scott looks different than everybody else in that receiver room. There is just something different physically about him. It's not just that he's tall or big. He just, you're, like the way you said, the way he moves is just different. Like doesn't come to Kansas very often, kind of different. Like he's just got that kind of athleticism to him. And, you know, I, I don't have a problem with trying to give him some opportunities to high point and, and kind of use that that big body. And like, I don't hate the idea of, you know, like I understand what they were trying to do in the, with the fade there and a better ball gives him a little bit better chance. Like, I don't think that was all in Tanaka actually, but um, he's intriguing. And I, yeah, like the fact that he, him and Douglas a million can't see the field very often right now, again, like that just like there's, there's reason to be excited. Like I, I get, like, I think these are the benchmarks that may, that let you know where Kansas football has, has been able to come in such a short amount of time. Mute this Lincoln, Nebraska, mute this Nebraska fans. <laughs> but like, I'm yeah, I think these, these, the guys we're talking about here, these under the radar players, under the radar players on a Kansas football team. That's three, and zero. can you believe that? There's a lot of them. Kent, there's a lot of them. I, I also wanted to ask you, it, I, I always like every time you speak, you teach me something about offensive football. So I have a question for you about how effective this is. Like we all know that, that part of being a good offense is doing things unpredictably or, or doing things in different ways that a defense can't really scheme for. When I rewatched this game, Kansas versus Houston, one of the things I noticed was the number of third and mediums out to like set actually out to 10 out to third and 10 that Kansas was running the ball one time it was an RPO that turned into a quarterback run. I think that was like a third and seven, but there were like four or five third and mediums and, and a fourth and like medium where Kansas is trusting its team to execute running. And I, I like how multiple Kansas is kind of daring to be in those situations and how much it's working early on. I, I imagine that has to pay off later in the year, right? Oh yeah. And like, and I think like the situational, like even every third down is not created the same, even like every third and 10 isn't created the same because like field position matters and some of that too. So like there were some situations where they were running the football on third down. It was like, Hey, you know, we are in four down territory. And so you saw them run into, you know, one of the philosophies that, you know, I don't love it, but some, you know, some coaches, the philosophy on like a third and six is get half 
you know, let's get half and let's play from a fourth and three from an advantageous position there. I think about some of the runs too. It's like, it's the quarterback run, you know, like it's the quarterback keeping and some of that kind of stuff too. So it's like, yeah, they've, they've created a lot of like, I don't, I don't know what kind of tendencies that you really see right now of this team. And the thing is at this point, they've introduced something new or use something more frequently every single game. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're building the, the build offs that they've, the, the building that they've kind of got to this point through three games. I think about this week, uh, like they, they were going in empty and motion in the back into the backfield and doing a lot of zone read, run read kind of stuff, flash reads. Um, and that was crushing. Yeah. Houston to the point where they 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 read the they read the the the, the Daniel Highshot a huge run because they they finally got the edge they finally gave on that play and he got the edge for a big explosive play so you've seen just like this this versatility in their offense you've seen them play pretty balanced from a very balanced position and I'll be honest with you Scott I don't think running the football in college football is that bad on third downs in some situations either. I think I, you know a lot of the EPA discussions about running the football. I don't think they apply to college nearly as much as they do to the NFL. And so I, I think there's been some pretty good play calling running the football a little bit in some of those downs as well. Yeah, I, I also think it helps them con control the clock, um, especially like I love Andy Kotelnicki has done this twice, where it's the last drive of a half and he's going to make it that way, and he might even be erring on the side of going a little bit too slow. But you would rather that, especially when you have timeouts, especially when the clock is going to stop on a first down. Like you can always speed things up when you need to, but he's not afraid of going methodical, even as the clock drips under like a minute 30 to go in the half and they still have 60 more yards to go. I think it's patience. I think that's one of the ways that they are multiple. And I think that was one of the ways, I think it was the West Virginia game where it was right after a, a big play or a change or something. I can't remember now but they lined up quickly, ran it, and got a touchdown or got a big play again. And it was just like, yeah, that's one of the ways they keep you off balance. You mentioned the formations. I stopped counting at a certain point, but four or five times they went five wide with either two tight ends and a running back or two running backs and a tight end. Mm -hmm. And then, as you mentioned, motioned one of those backs. In fact, one of those plays, they motioned Daniel Highshaw from the right to behind Jalen Daniels, who then runs to the left. And you can just see like the defense not knowing when do they need to get back to the other side or maybe the guy who was originally on that side is going to kind of cheat that way or stay that way a little bit. They're doing a lot of really creative things. And, and again, I think these things, especially like the tendency, we, I, I won't even call them tendency breakers because they're not at this point. They're kind of like tendency setters. Um, they're, they're so all over the place and so wild. I think that just really helps this offense. That gives me hope that this offense, like it'll take a step back at some point. I don't think it's going to take a huge step back. I think it's I, a little bit of it is um, it, it's there. The ability to play with core principles while doing all this is what's been like, we've talked about this a few, a few times, which is so what's so impressive. But I think what you've seen the last couple of weeks in, in the build off, like talk about those empty plays and what they do for you well it's jalen daniels reading out the defense reading an unblocked man reading a key player right and so that's just another logical build off of some of the things that they're already doing and they've already shown with some of the triple option looks that they're already looking a lot of these a lot of these plays are built off of hey we're going to leave this guy unblocked or we're going to key on this backer and we're going to read this thing out and so um it's been they've been able to expand they've been able to diversify this offense 
still around a lot of those key principles when it comes to the option game. And that's what's been very impressive and why they've been able to really kind of grow and expand this thing. And I don't know, like I'm, I'm curious to see if there's any more, you know, big, big additions, but I look at, you know, the, the elements that they've introduced to this point, And that's a lot to handle. That is yeah. a lot to handle. Um, if you are, if you are a defensive coordinator trying to get ready for this football team, because I think they've got a lot of answers and a lot of adjustments that they're able to make just within kind of the core principles that they've really adopted over the first three games. Yeah. Not to put you on the spot. I have a question though. Another one. Okay. Was there anything watching this game, watching it back that was like really promising to you? Cause like, I, I kind of had one that like, I, I don't know that I'd necessarily seen before, but I, I was curious if you had one before I go with mine. The, the, the Daniel Highshaw run off out of that empty stuff, you know, where they motion him into the backfield and just see, and was like, okay, you just like that geeks me out just because like, that's just another, another look that they've got to throw at these teams. Like, I think just the fact that they were able to add more, like the adding of more was what geeked me out and what got me more encouraged is because like they're not stopping at what they did at West Virginia. They have more in the bag. I'm kind of feeling like they're going to have something else to throw at Duke too. And <laughs> like I, I, I think there will be something sizable that they throw out at Duke too. Like that's kind of how I feel. Um, so I'm, yeah, that's, I was very just encouraged about the continual growth on the offensive side of the ball that's when they bring the less miles plays back and it's just going to be running straight into the middle of the line. Every why did single you, play. Why? Why? They'll never why see it going. No. All right. Positive vibes. The thing that I, that I saw, and it, it was little three different plays. Jalen Daniels under direct pressure from a rusher. Um, one time it was two or three actually. And each time he took a check down to one time it was a tight end. Uh, it was Trevor Cardell, but twice it was his running back. And there was one play where the rusher came off the edge and Earl Bostic did not do a good job at all impeding his progress. And Daniels turned that way, saw Daniel Highshaw because that's where the guy had come from. And a lot of times you think about, well, when they're blitzing, if you throw it in the direction that the blitz is coming from, there's usually going to be someone open. And it was so calm and so easy. I think that was Kansas's first first down of the game. And to me, that was a moment of maturity. Uh, there was another one. I think he, I can't remember now. He might've checked it down to Savion Morrison. Um, I, I was really impressed by that because again, like I talked about earlier, I expect Jalen Daniels to make mistakes. I expect him to take some shots, especially one of those that could have been picked. He was looking for Luke Grimm and it was a clean pocket. He had a lot of time and I think he got a little antsy expecting something to happen, but that pocket was clean and eventually he just felt like he needed to throw it. And I, they didn't show a good replay. The announcer in the game was saying that he actually had a post over the middle deep. He just didn't look that way. I'm not sure I didn't get a look at it. But, like, I, I'll live with those mistakes. The mistakes that happened earlier in his career that I think you can't really live with are, like, the, the hey, pressure is coming and you don't know what to do and you panic and you make a bad throw. I mean, he had that one against Kansas State where it's that screen. He turns back and throws it the other way, not really looking, and it's just picked off. I think it was returned for a touchdown. I mean, that, that might be the low light of his career. I saw a very mature Jalen Daniels uh, in this Houston game. And it wasn't even, you know, it, the option stuff's great. It's what makes Kansas special. But it was like those mundane plays that gave me some promise um, that made me really excited about his season. Scott, I get so excited and love watching you use your throwing motion on air. 
like your hands like you can't you can't stop it at least at least you were facing them at least like the mic wasn't you know you, we could hear yeah. you cleanly the entirety of the time it's a directional mic ken it picks up the entire room 180 degrees it's just this is just riveting uh audio only podcasting right now but <laughs> well, uh, hey if you're watching live on youtube you can like and subscribe we appreciate that as kent always says you can leave a comment that stuff helps us grow the channel and you can see my great hand motions. You can't see Kent's because he doesn't care about you like I do. I use some all the time. It's just I don't do the throw I don't motion like that all one. the time. Well, how else would they know what it looks like when you throw a football? I, the, I, there's just no examples out there <laughs> for anybody. I, um, I'm gonna be a little bit more more bullish on Jalen Daniels. I don't think that I don't think the meltdown's coming. And I don't know, like when I watch the game, I don't know if I I see enough balls being put at risk relative to the rest of college football to say like <laughs> there's this great regression coming. And they've they've I don't think Kansas has been lucky necessarily on the turnovers when it comes to Jalen. You want to talk about Daniel Highshaw fumbling two ball, two balls at the goal line and recovering them? <laughs> sure. But like I don't know if I'm I'm so discouraged by what we've seen out of Jalen Daniels. I, I'm I'm not worried i guess is the right word discourage isn't the right word either i'm not i'm not worried i i i think you know there'll, there'll be a pick or two here but i don't think it's going to become a problem and i don't think it's going to be something that just completely takes this team out of a football game and uh i mean and they, they i think they've been pretty judicious in how they throw the football lately too because they've been able to because the run game and the versatility of the run game has been so real that you know, I don't know if there's a ton of balls they're having to put at great risk. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I the the one that like, the near like I mean the the drop by Jalen or LJ Arnold was a like that was a prime like this ball gets picked. I don't mm -hmm. know if that was necessarily his fault, but like they put themselves in situations where they're you know they're into some of their special kind of you know play action you know leak plays or. Uh, they're, you know, they're throwing the ball into the flat. They're throwing screen passes, you know, the, the vertical, the vertical play to, um, you know, to, to, uh, Tory Lachlan. Like I look at it and I say, this team doesn't have to go to like a true drop back kind of offense. And I think that's where you could see more balls at risk. Um, and that's not knocking Jalen Daniels, but like, I don't think they're having to get into that that much. And because of that, I think, you know, the 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 throws and, and the decision making becomes pretty easy in a lot of different ways for the quarterback. And I think that's another compliment to what Andy Kolnicki and this offense has been able to do to stay on schedule. And think about the two drives that didn't work, by the way. One of them was that LJ Arnold drop that you just mentioned. And the next one was like a fumbled snap in the rain or, a you know, a quick snap, whatever. Yeah. Um, other than that, the Kansas offense was unstoppable. One drive, a guy drops the ball, the other one, the snap has like a malfunction at the on first down, I think. And they lose like seven yards, which would have been nice if he had thrown it away. But again, it's raining. He's lots of stuff is happening there. Um, no, I, I think it's, it's very easy to be very, very, very excited about him. I think it's very, very easy to be excited about Kansas. Do you have a prediction for this game on Saturday? Uh, I do. Uh -huh. I'm going to go uh, 42 to 30. Actually, you know what? I'm going to drop that down a touchdown each. I'm going to drop that down. A th I'm going to go 35. I'm going to go 35, 23. I'm going to go. I, I think, I think, I think Duke's defense is salty. Um, I don't think they're elite. I don't think they're going to do enough to stop Kansas. I think they'll stop Kansas a little bit, 
Uh, and I, but I think the I think the Kansas defense has their best performance uh, to date as well. So I think this is a big week for uh, for the defense. I think they play extremely well. I think they make some strides. I think we're we're talking about the defense playing a little bit better uh, after this Duke game. Offense obviously continues to have a lot of success, but maybe not quite as much as they have. Only thirty five points, Scott. <laughs> Yeah, well, when you said 42, I was like, wow, that's going to drop their scoring average markedly. Like, yeah. uh, no, I, I I, see this game, like, I, I think Kansas is better. And the line is crazy to me because, like, I think Kansas is actually about 10 points better than Duke, especially at home, especially with what that crowd's going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting a closer game, mostly because I, I'm not sure how Kansas, like, I, I feel bad saying this, especially because like I pride myself generally on like looking at what happens in the game and basing things off that. But I, I think there's like a different a different mentality that comes with learning how to play from in front. Yes, um, that, that's a little bit different than learning how to or catching these teams off guard or going into someone's place and making a statement. So I expect a closer game, like thirty-one twenty-eight or something like that. But I'm I'm kind of expecting like, or, or maybe I'm hoping. I don't I don't know what the right word is. I'm kind of interested to see what it looks like if Kansas just comes out and is clearly the better team. Then, like, where do things go from there? Because they have two winnable games the next two weeks. Like at it, home, it, at both at home. It, if Kansas wins this game in impressive fashion, like, and someone tells you, "Yeah, I think Kansas is starting six and zero," that's not crazy. No, like that. That is a completely reasonable. Honestly, you could probably have that take right now. But I, I think this is a tone setter game. I, I think what happens in this game sets the tone for the rest of the season. And I'm not saying they won't win again if they lose. And I'm not saying they'll win 10 games if they do win. But if you come out and take care of business in this game, I fully, fully, completely expect Kansas to go bowling this year. And that's insane. Uh, I think one thing I get encouraged by is I think the way, like there was a lot of distraction after the West Virginia game. There was a lot of excitement after the West Virginia game. And this team handled it extremely well and went out and dominated Houston and beat him by 18 points. And so I feel like this team has handled the noise extremely well already. And I think good, bad and whatever being able to handle the noise. I think they've proven that. So I don't know if I'm as worried about them playing from the front because I think they come in and the, the standard and the, the standard and expectation for this team is what it is regardless of if they're three and oh oh and three regardless if they won they lost the the week before i think that's the hallmark of of lance leipold coach football teams is how well that they're able to compartmentalize the success and continue to build and grow towards more success and i think that's what you've seen in three games with kansas they have you know been able to overcome some early adversity they've been able to overcome you know, a lot of attention and I don't think it stops. I think the attention continues to grow and I think this team's going to continue to to respond well. That's why I think Kansas is winning this football game decidedly. I think they're covering and I think bigger storylines are on the way. Uh, And it's going to be a lot of fun to be covering this with you, Scott. I can't wait to watch this football team. I'll be at the booth. I'm doing my Mm -hmm. part. Me and my family are going to be at the booth this week. Uh, go check it out if you haven't. There's, you know, this is a free advertisement, I guess. Go get some tickets if they're still out there. It's going to be a really, really fun football game. It's going to be a cel- it's a celebration of Kansas football being back. I think is really what it is. I think that's yeah. really what it is. And hopefully, this football team pulls out a win. I'm expecting them to. Uh, this has been Booth Review. Thank you guys so much for listening. That's Scott Chase, and I'm Kent Swanson. We'll catch you later.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.